If you're ready for freedom from the grind, then passive income from real estate investing is the best way to get you there. If you don't know where to start or what to do next, then the Rent Roll Radio Show is the best place to get you there. Join us while we discuss the best practices, strategies, and mindset you'll need and give you actionable content to get you from where you are to where you want to be. Hey, Rent Roll Radio listeners, welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Sterling Chapman. Today, we are joined by Anna Lee, who is a referral to me from my friend Mandy McAllister, who we've had on the show. So love Mandy and love to meet some of her friends. Anna, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Thank you for having me. Anna, can you uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, kind of, uh, you know, where where you come from, what you what you how you got started in real estate, what you've been doing lately? Sure, sure. Um, I, I guess I'll start with I'm an immigrant uh, back in 2005. Uh, my husband and I uh, came from Uzbekistan, um, started our life here, uh, pretty much started with, from nothing. We had $3,000 that we borrowed from my parents and, um, you know, just came to explore the opportunities that America has to offer. And fast forward, I guess, you know, both climbed corporate ladders. My husband's kind of job was eliminated because of the layoffs. And that was a blessing. We kind of started thinking about, you know, one of us has to be in the business. By then we started realizing that we continue to be in that, you know, vicious cycle. So uh, he decided to start flipping and it was very successful, uh, his first flip. And then I guess I was offered an opportunity to move to Switzerland uh, from my corporate job. So we spent uh, the last four years there and my husband kind of continuously flipped and we both invested in uh, long-term rentals. Um, And we're back here in Pennsylvania for about a year now. Um, And we've been investing ever since. This uh, past March, uh, I've retired from my corporate job um, due to some, you know, personal, um, circumstances with my father and his health issues and just meant to be for me to retire. And, uh, since then we also acquired an Airbnb and, um, I launched my, you know, business too. So that's kind of like a quick story about me in a nutshell. Wow. There's a whole lot in that, in that <laughs> yeah. second overview. So that's a great story. Um, so you, I'm just going to start from the beginning, kind of work my way through it. So you, you, you immigrated here from Uzbekistan, you said? Yep. And, and was that 2005, you said? 2005, yep. And so what were y'all doing prior to, to, to moving here? What was your what so, was life like over there? Yeah, I, I just, uh, Pretty much was um, about the year after college working at um, this telecommunication company, Ericsson. I want to say it was Swedish. And my husband also worked at telecommunication company. Um, it was in sales and it's like the probably phone over the Internet or something like that was popular at the time. Um, voice over we had IP. Pretty, yeah. We, well, I'm sorry. What was that? Voice over IP. Yes. Something like that. Yeah. And uh, we both I, had. Pretty... I came up through telecommunications. Oh, you did too. too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we both had pretty good jobs for you know for where we were, uh, but I think stability was probably never guaranteed. You never knew you know something is going to change. A lot depends on sort of the government structure and the climate in the country, and you know any any 
different type of moods of people in the government change political winds yeah yeah i mean change everything dramatically so um my husband actually won a green card lottery so it was very accidental and you know when once he did we decided to move it was like a no-brainer for us so Um, yeah it was random random jobs not related to what we do right now and when you when you moved you moved to pittsburgh no pa nearby philadelphia Oh, okay. And um, and what, what you said once you got here, you started climbing the corporate ladder. What were you in telecom still? or, or was it No, I, I have ladder? a financial background. So I started working at Vanguard first, and then I moved up to a different um, uh, company that does um, pretty much uh, many, um, not the whole, um, not the manufacturer, the wholesaling of pharmaceuticals. So that that job sort of brought me to Switzerland. Sorry, my kids are trying to reach me. <laughs> and so, um, the, while you were, it sounded like y'all started flipping before you went to Switzerland, and then you said you kept flipping while you were in Switzerland. So y'all were flipping from a whole other country. I'm assuming you were flipping yeah. here. So that's yeah, cool. exactly. Tell me about you know, what people say. Bit. Yeah, when people say, like, is it possible to invest in real estate from a different state? Uh, I'd say yes, because it's possible to do it from a different country. Um, we did have a great setup, though, with my dad, who was our project manager. So he was the one that was watching all the contractors here. So we kind of have like the different roles, responsibilities. So I would normally, you know, look at the finances. My husband would find the deal. Um, I'll analyze it. And then, you know, we'll um, come up with the money for the project. Uh, my husband would be on the phone, like hiring all the contractors. And then my dad here locally would just kind of manage them, awesome. um, check in on the projects and stuff like that. So it was a great setup. So where would he find the projects? Where would he find uh, To be honest. To be honest, all of the flips that he did while we were there, all but one came from MLS, which was very surprising. Yeah. So um, I I do have to say that the kind of caveat that half of them were, even though they were on on MLS, they were auction houses. Mm -hmm. So there is an auction hub, zoo.com. Yeah. That um, he would just uh, create a bid. And it was a very interesting learning experience because uh, we realized that we had our top point at which we kind of stopped, like where we would not go uh, above a certain point. Um, and then we did that once and we lost and we're like, oh, well, would have been a great project, but, you know, what can you do? And then two days later, the auction emails us and they said, allegedly, the winner did not you know, it's just basically right. something fell through, right? And yeah. then they're like, if you want, you can still buy it at your last bid price. And we're like, yeah. So we we still think that there's probably some sort of like minutia happening uh, behind the scenes. Maybe they're like allowing themselves to bid or whatever, even though you're not supposed to. But since then, we use the same strategy uh, three more times and we were able to get the house. Awesome. And the same thing happened every time where they're like, you yep. lost it. We didn't <laughs> win any of the times. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. I've I've bid on HubZoo and I, I lost the bid. And maybe I maybe I should have checked my email. Maybe they tried to follow up with me and I, I could have gotten it. Never email. know. Yeah. <laughs> so um 
What what can you kind of run us through what the numbers on these flips like look like? Like what price range are y'all looking for? What um, what profit margin do you have built in? How much purchase? How much rehab? How much sale? How, how sure. long would it take to sell? Yeah, most of them actually followed very similar um, strategy. Like there were like few here and there that were different, but most of them were in um, you know very bad condition. Um, purchase price was around 150, you know, give or take, you know, depending on the project. Um, our rehab would range anywhere between 80 to 100. Mm-hmm. And our sell price was on average about 350. Okay. So I think we made anywhere between 50 to 70 grand, depending on the project. Um, awesome. and then my husband is also an agent, so he was making money on the purchase and the sale too. Nice. nice. Yeah. From from another country. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, awesome. he didn't even have to show up for any of the closings too. We just had a power of a power of attorney, I want to say. And then I think when you sell, we always have to do something additionally. But we would just go to the American embassy and he never flew for any of the purchases or sales. So how did you know that it was a good area, that it was a good deal. How did you how did you check your comps? How did you know that like the ARV that you were coming up with was accurate? Did you did you really know the area like before you moved to to Switzerland? Right. Or or is this like all online research that you're going on? I think we knew it somewhat, not like I, you know, not to the point that we know it now. Um and I think when you start, it, it's almost like that naivete that actually you know plays (laughs) plays towards your advantage because sometimes when you know a lot you kind of like more risk averse you don't want to do that so I think it was a little bit of you know really desire to do something right you know because he flipped once before we left and it was a successful flip and you know he was looking for something right because he's like I really like that now um so he was looking for something for a long time and you know, I think having my dad here, going there physically, checking the area around, right, that, you know, the neighborhood was decent, that created probably a sense of confidence, right? Because even though my dad is boots on the ground, he's also my dad, right? Like, you know, he, he's there to well, like that. Everybody, everybody else will lie to you, you know, your dad won't Exactly, lie to you. like, you the, know. The realtor, somebody, the realtor wants to sell it. The property manager wants to manage it. The country construction worker wants the construction work like yeah everybody a lot to you you gotta be careful it's great to exactly. have somebody you trust yeah and i think let's say if, if you wasn't my dad right how do you structure this that the interests are all aligned well you can have that partnership going right you know again if you don't do anything your physical labor is not there well share your profits with a partner right so mm-hmm. Um, that way you, you know, that, you know, that partner will not go into a business any that it's not going to be successful because they're going to be using their time. Right. And that's a time commitment. So, you know, there's a way kind of around it, but, um, yeah, back to your question, we somewhat knew about the area. Uh, and as far as the ARV MLS, you know, because my husband is an agent, we, we have access to MLS and he is not he's not a real estate agent to actually, he never worked a day in his life. And as, a, as an agent, he just got a license to have access to the MLS. 
and mm-hmm. save money on his own flips. So, you know, you look at it long enough, you get a handle of what the ARV is. Sure. Absolutely. How are you financing these projects? So at first we had enough of our own savings to have one. But once like at some point when we had three projects happening at the same time, I would go out and just find all creative ways to to fund some things. So I think I'm like, I'm very big on credit cards, um, 0% interest rate, whether it's a sign up or just Dave the Ram- Dave Ramsey would be so disappointed. I know, I know. I'm not, I'm, I'm totally not a Dave Ramsey fan <laughs> completely. Uh, I'm like a credit card queen. I have so many points. We always travel for free. So I kind of started in credit cards with the whole kind of airline and mileage game, but that came in handy with, with the whole kind of flipping. I, I probably had at any given point of time about $150,000 access to money through credit cards. And again, I don't pay interest on that. Normally, I prefer to not even pay that 3% fee. Uh, but we, you have to sign up for a new credit card with that. But some of the credit cards I never close because they always give me that transfer, balance transfer, 0% interest kind of thing. I just have to pay 3% fee. So between the credit cards, our own cash, um, access to borrowing against my 401k, you can kind of like max it out at 50 Um, then I use a couple of options like best egg. I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but you know, sometimes you get like letters in the mail and and they're like, we can find you for, you know, up to Uh, 50,000, whatever. And I used to think that it's some sort of a scam, but when we actually got it, it was, I think they sent me 50 grand. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they just sent me 50 K and I was like, really? So I applied and, um, I think the rate was decent. It was like 6%, way better than any hard money. Plus, yeah. if I if I churn it pretty fast, like within three months, I, I only pay for three months, right? So it wasn't even like the full 6% that I was paying. So yeah, so it's right. kind of a combination of creative financing. Yeah, I got one of those the other day. We got them a bunch of times. My assistant, kept, I kept always telling them to throw them out. And, and I was like, fine, just fill it out and see what happens. And like, like, 24 hours later, the money was deposited into my account. I was like, that was great. Yeah, that's awesome. I I, I save all the letters just in case I ever need them, right? right. And, you know, whenever I do, I just use the, the code that they send. Some of them, one of them actually sent me a letter that I can get like 50,000 points for some airline company too. So mm-hmm. I was like, that's double whammy. <laughs> I normally get that from credit cards. So when did you start, like, when did you get back from Switzerland? Uh, August of 2021. So basically like a year ago. A year ago. So, and, and I'm, I'm assuming y'all have continued working with y'all still doing that? Yep. So what, have you noticed anything different about flipping in um, what month are you in? September of 2022 versus September oh, yeah. of 2021? What have you been oh, yeah, seeing in sure. the market? Uh, the last flip my husband sold was in April or May of this year. Mm-hmm. And since then, um, it's a combination of, I wouldn't let him buy things uh, and, and there were not great deals. Right. So, um, he's really eager to buy something where he would make, I don't know, like 30 grand, let's say. And I, mm-hmm. and I would, I would strongly advise him against it because I was like, well, 
you know, you always make above 50. This is not the time to discount something just to get a deal and get it going only because we're in a downsized market, right? And what yeah. we used to be able to sell before, you uh, can't really count for that now. I mean, I'm I'm taking 30 grand off of, off of each house from what I was selling, you know, the beginning of the year. So right. Like and I mean, a lot of these I bought with so much margin that like I expected to make 70 and now I'm making 40. But like if I was taking stuff on that I was expecting to make 30, like I wouldn't be making any. Exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's that's my crazy point. out there right now. Yeah. It, it, that's exactly my point. So, um, you know, you could go after just smaller margins just because the like the, the acquisition price is smaller, right? And go into like Philadelphia specifically. We really don't like to go out there. Um, you know, a lot of our con- like good contractors don't even want to go there. So we're in the mm-hmm. suburbs of Philadelphia and that's where our sort of our primary spot is. So um recently, you know, we're trying to find ways, how do we creatively find deals? And, you know, I've been actually, since I came to back to the United States, I started a wholesaling company and not for the sake of necessarily having a successful wholesaling company, but more for the sake of getting leads for ourselves. Right. So I started with myself and my partner, business partner. um, And what we started realizing specifically in our market in Philadelphia um, it's oversaturated even before st- uh, the interest rates ha- started, started going up. It, it, it oversaturated with a lot of investors from New York mm-hmm. and New York money is so, so much different from Philadelphia money. It's almost like, you know, the comparison I would do California money, right? It's like sure, people sure. from California and scoop up everything yeah, anywhere okay. else. Yeah. Yes. They can get, yeah, they can pay so much more. So what we noticed is that in Philly, um, it pretty much became just the rental market. So if you wanted to buy a flip or build something, you have to pretty much know someone, right? Like you you have to have like a wholesaling company with the marketing budget of, you know, maybe 50K a month, right? Mm-hmm. So um, we we wholesale a few deals, uh, found several deals uh, for ourselves for rentals um, outside of Philly, but honestly, nothing like too crazy. But what came out of that is, relationship that we built with some of the, you know, very interesting investors and people. And the last one was a lady that I was helping out to sell her property off in Philadelphia. She was kind of over overpriced and, you know, asking too much, but she had a property in New Jersey and we were able to get our Airbnb that way. So it's a duplex right on the shore and it was moving ready. So we, we bought it in June and we launched it in July and it's been a very, you know, amazing and and fun experience to to run this Airbnb. And on top of that, because of the wholesaling, I had to have a bunch of virtual assistants kind of calling for me, right? Because I actually started it when I was still in Switzerland, different time zone. I don't have time. I'm working for a corporate job. So I really didn't have time to call anyone. Uh, so I learned how to hire virtual assistants. And then when I retired uh, earlier this year, um, I just created a company basically that provide virtual assistant services. So I either sell a course or I hire uh, virtual assistants for other business owners. And what was helpful is when we were launching our Airbnb, we started looking at prices for property managers. And, you know, I don't know if you have Airbnbs, but the property managers for Airbnbs charge about 30%, 25, 30% on average. Uh, And I'm like, there's no way we're going to pay that much. You know, you know, Mm -hmm. our 
our Airbnb is supposed to gross about $130,000, $130,000 a year. There's no way you're going to pay them <laughs> this much money for, for doing what? And basically, they're going to like call us for a lot of the... Um, a lot of the problems anyway, right? Like, would you like to replace the AC or would you like to do that? And I still have to deal with that. So we ended up hiring virtual assistant and, you know, it's so affordable in he's handling everything, right? All the communications and all that. So we're, we're, we're adjusting in the market, kind of getting, getting back to your question, we're adjusting to what we do and how we do it. Um, and as far as finding deals, my husband is tapping into kind of like getting more, pocket deals from um his contractors too uh that are investors so we're tapping into that so have you stopped the the direct to seller marketing the wholesaling uh we are taking a pause and we're actually shifting to soon we're going to kind of shift into the multifamily. we're creating a partnership with someone and you know we realize you know you chase a person and you're going to probably close on what, like 50, $15,000, $20,000 assignment. Uh, you might as well chase a person who has multifamily where you can have a $100,000, $200,000 assignment. So it's it's more like valuing your time in a different way. Um, so I'd say for the last year, we kind of obtain our skill set, know what to do, how to do it, and just redirecting our energy towards uh, more of a multifamily. Awesome. So tell me a little bit more about your virtual assistant business. You mentioned the course and what do these virtual assistants do? What type of businesses are they helping? And what what is your what's your elevator pitch for for that sure. service? Sure. So for my wholesaling business, they were all basically inside sales or lead management type of people. So cold calling. Uh, I'll I'll pull the list. Um, some of them actually were on the more of an integration side. Uh, we'll tell them how to pull the different kinds of lists like tax delinquency, code violation, water shutoff. So they'll pull the list for us. They'll call. Uh, those are normally different people. I never kind of put the admin role and mix it with a sales role because the personalities are totally different. Um, for my Airbnb, my VA is basically managing all the communication uh, with guests, um, calling cleaners, maintenance people, uh, creating calendars for us on what not to forget, um, uh, creating profiles because for Airbnb, you don't just kind of, for short-term rentals, you don't just run it through Airbnb. There's Verbo, there's Booking.com. They're managing platforms. We're using Guesty. So he created basically everything for us. Um, and because we have two units, uh, we had to create three different listings uh, because you can either rent one individually or you can wow. create like, yeah, rent everything together. So he created all the listings for us, you know, set everything up. And there's like a lot that comes. I didn't realize how much goes into setting up an Airbnb. Um uh, then he set up the Price Labs. It's a pricing platform that basically works like an Uber. It's a fluctuation pricing based on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, so all the setup and day-to-day just overall management. Um, my VA also has access to um, Amazon. And I, I, I came up with it. Um, I gave him like child Amazon type of account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can basically approve the purchases. 
So my cleaner lives locally and she gets all the deliveries for all the supplies. So whenever we're low on something, cleaner actually communicates with my VA and he just orders it. All I have to do on my phone, just text message, say why I do approve that. So so the service you offer with the with your VA business, is it primarily geared towards kind of like the in-house management of Airbnbs or or is it also maybe geared towards if I wanted to start wholesale? Anything, to be honest, it's not tied to real estate at all. Um, my recent customer actually are two brothers from Chicago. They're flipping furniture. So they needed just admin VAs for, for their business. So um, I hire primarily right now from Philippines mm-hmm. and I provide that service. And, you know, my kind of launch 2.0, if you want to call it this way, I want to expand to uh, more of our own time zone. So going down to South America. And then I would like to also expand to South Africa because I really, you know, let, let's just be honest. Some people oh, in America are racist, and 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 oh. when they hear the accent uh, from 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 people from Philippines, even though I hire, you know, ideally with people that have minimal accent, but there's still there's still a stigma. Stigma they really don't like sometimes to hear from them. But when you hear mm-hmm. people uh, people from South Africa and they have their unique accent, it's not. It's not British. It's uh, it's kind of like it, but it's not. So people are always intrigued. Who's who's calling them? Why why do you have this accent? Where are you from? So um, that's partially the reason why I want to hire from South Africa. But you know, going back to your question, what do I provide? I basically provide the sourcing itself, right? So I wanted to early on, I wanted to teach people how to hire on their own, and that's what the whole course is about. Mm-hmm. Because I made some mistakes with hiring through agencies. And I, I thought, oh, my gosh, it's amazing. The agency will hire for me. They'll manage my VA. I don't even have to time, spend time on managing them. Reality is you lose when you don't manage your own people. You lose that control and you have to train the manager to train the VA, which mm-hmm. that whole model that agencies provide uh, really doesn't really work uh, in the long run. Uh, plus, I've been paying them maybe $10 an hour where I can hire somebody for $5 an hour. Right. So. Mm-hmm. They get the cut of that and VA actually gets underpaid and they leave. So, you know, I had few, you know, stories. One of the VAs, like they just kind of didn't qualify them properly. She ended up calling one of my sellers dumbass. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> so she was gone. But by the time she was gone, the agency were very apologetic, but they said, like, oh, it will take us about three weeks to rehire somebody else. And like, so what? My business has to stop just because, you know, you guys don't have somebody else to replace it. So then I had to wait for somebody else. Somebody else came on board. He was amazing. But about a month in, he completely disappeared. They couldn't find him. I can't find him. And then and then they're like, well, sorry, we're going to you know, have to find you in a, in another VA. And I said, you know what? I'm done. So I started hiring myself. And guess what? This guy comes back to me about three weeks later. And he said, I'm really sorry. I was very underpaid. Uh, if you hire me on the spot right now, I'll get back and work for you for four dollars an hour. I'm like, how much do they pay him if he's going to <laughs> work for me for four? And that's when my kind of the light bulb went on. I was like, why bother, you know, going through the agency where I still have to train the manager, where I still have to like 
lose touch with a lot of my VAs. So I hired myself, I made a couple of mistakes, I created the whole process. And I, I showed it to my friend and she's like, oh my gosh, you should, you should create a course, you should charge for that. And I'm like, oh, come on, who's going to listen to that? She's like, no, I guarantee people will listen for that. So actually in GoBundance, my, my whole group took the course and um, one of the one of my good friends, she was able to hire a bunch of VAs and expand her um, Airbnb management business from like, you know, 20 units to more than several hundreds right now. And she's like, every day, she's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. I didn't know it was possible. I didn't know that how easy it was to just follow the procedure and just like hire the VAs. Um, the course? The course is $4.99. And my services to hire, because like now people started coming back to me and they said, well, I'm so busy in my business. Why don't you just hire for me? And I already mm-hmm. started working with a team in Philippines. We kind of created this trial run and it was successful venture. So I have a team now in Philippines who basically would uh, do everything for you, right? I'm teaching in the course how to do it because you pay it once and you just gonna kind of go and do it yourself, right? But some people really don't even have time for that, even though the course is only one hour. Um, they don't want to kind of create the whole, you know, job description or, you know, even though you can just copy and paste everything that I kind of provide, but, you know, some people don't have time for that. Um and my team would probably have for every given post uh, between like 80 to 100 candidates. They select about 25 to 30 and interview them. And then they present only two to three like great candidates that are applicable. So that service um, is $9.99. And um, I've had successful um, and, and, people saying, yeah, so a thousand dollars places one one VA, one full-time. That's employee. correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I've been, you know, accidentally, uh, I, I actually accidentally got into this business because, you know, for the longest time, I just denied, you know, the skill set that I had. And and uh, actually, a lot of my friends in GoBundance convinced me, like, I don't know why you're doing this wholesaling thing <laughs> where you're clearly really good at this. Help me out. So... Uh, that's why with my wholesaling, I'm a, I'm a little bit on the pause until we kind of move uh, our direction to more kind of like larger deals and um, concentrating on my, you know, virtual assistant business right now. Awesome. You mentioned earlier that you also had some long-term rentals. Tell me about those. Yeah. Uh, what did you say? How many? Well, how many? What do they look like? What, what, oh. what, how do you determine if it's going to be a long-term rental? What are the, what is the numbers on them? Sure. So um, it's it's kind of hard to find a good rental outside of the Philadelphia itself, right? Philadelphia is a really good market for rentals, but it's it's kind of like C and D, or then A and B that's very overpriced and you're not getting any cash flow, right? It, it it's very similar to any market, but C and D in Philadelphia that is very tenant friendly is really not fun, really not mm-hmm. fun. So. We wanted to be outside of Philly, and this is where it gets tricky. Outside of Philadelphia, everything is overpriced. Cap rates are probably less than five, mm-hmm. if, if probably less than three at this point, right? You know, with the market going up. So, um, accidentally, I stumbled upon um, one area that's about an hour from us, um, and I noticed there was a condo for fifty grand. But the, granted, that was in two thousand eighteen. So we were still in Switzerland. And I'm like, 50 grand, you know, we we, we can scoop them up, like buy, buy a bunch of those. 
Um, the HOA for the condo wasn't that bad, but the tax for that area was somewhat significantly higher to what I would normally, you know, expect to um, have. Um, it's it's very unusual neighborhood where schools are really bad, yet the school tax is pretty high. Um, but I ran the numbers and at that acquisition price, like it was a no brainer and the property did not require any, any improvement. Um, uh, and I could rent it for a thousand dollars right away. So the $50,000 acquisition and a thousand dollar rent, uh, which was great. Uh, but keep in mind the tax was high. So I bought this as my first trial for long-term because my husband was just flipping all the time before that. Um, we rented it out. The numbers were decent, but then I get a letter in the mail from some lawyer that says, listen, your assessment is pretty high. I can, I can lower it down, uh, you know, based on the comps in the area. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I, I always kind of think that it's a scam at first, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to give it a try. So they explained to me how the formula works and the assessment was really too, too high. So we were able to lower down the taxes, like cut them in half which bring my cash flow even higher. And that made me sort of like realize I kind of like that area to begin with, even though it's further away from where we stationed, you know, it's still manageable. And back back then we were still in Switzerland. So last year we started looking more and more into that area. Um, and we accidentally kind of came about three different properties in one neighborhood. It's a neighborhood of townhouses. And there's a very low HOA and three of them came at the same time. So we found one on MLS, one came from a wholesaler and another one came as a, my personal contact or something. I can't remember how, but we asked ourselves a question. Isn't it odd that, you know, all three came from the same neighborhood? And at first we we're kind of like scared, you know, don't put your, you know, all your eggs in one basket. But then I spoke with, with a good friend of mine, Elaine from GoBundance and She's like, that's what we do. And she like, she's big. They, they, they have too many single family houses. She's like, we scoop them up in one neighborhood and then we are the comps whenever we get to sell it or when we get to rent it. And I'm like, oh, that's a great idea. So we decided to buy all three. They were all at different price points, but anywhere between like 90 to 110. Uh, and we did not rehab one of them, rented it right away for $1,500. The other two, we did decide to rehab just to increase the rent. Um, and I think we put in, depends on the property, I think anywhere between ten dollars to $25,000 because they didn't require a lot. Um, and all of them were appraised above, like we expected one thirty dollars appraisal, but all of them were appraised above one fifty. dollars awesome. So, and we can kept buying. So in that same HOA, now we have six in the same exact HOA. And I, I'm, I'm calling basically every person there and I'm telling every neighbor, if you're selling, we're looking to buy. Just yesterday, we were talking with an investor who is uh, retiring, wants to sell properties there. Uh, and it's funny because he rehabbed one to see how high the market is for the rehab property. And he's thinking about maybe selling to us the one that's as is. Mm -hmm. Um, and we had lunch yesterday and he's like, I listed it 200. I'll let you know how much it's going to sell for. Cause that creates a comp for us. Yeah. Um, and he just got multiple offers at 190. So he called me as like, 
all I, all of your properties are now 190 just letting you know <laughs> so yeah we kind of like acquired on average at like one hundred thousand dollar point put in maybe you know 10 20 grand and it's it's all now one 190 so all of them are cashed out um and, and what do they rent what do they rent for um the cheapest one rents for 1700 the last oh, wow. one we rent was 1850. Oh, that's great. We, we can keep raising up the rents in that area because it has good school district. Awesome. 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 So for the sake of time, I want to hop over to our radio round for our listeners sure. just three questions to help get to know you a little bit better. So the first one is what's your favorite book? Well, I just pulled it up, right? Uh, I I was just rereading it and uh, it's a big leap by Gay Hendricks. He now has a genius zone too. So I kind of like these two books as my um, latest free read. Um, so yeah, I would highly recommend those. A big leap? Yeah. Awesome. I'll check it out. What's your favorite quote? I'll use a quote that Gay Hendrick said in that book. Because um, he kind of goes um, into a little bit of a kind of like thinking about your time and, and, uh, and money. Uh, and he basically said, you'll never have enough money to buy things that you don't need. And you'll never have enough time to do things that you don't want to do. So it's a little bit out there. But I, I that that phrase was very profound on me because, you know, as as all of us entrepreneurs and investors are always kind of running around and, you know, never have enough time. Uh, and there's a one big chapter in that book uh, that talks about the Newtonian versus the Einstein approach in, uh, into time. So highly recommend to read that part. I will check it out. What's your favorite thing to do when you're not working? I like going out for walks, meditating, playing tennis with my husband, you know, just spending time with kids, just anything with my family, to be honest, is amazing. Awesome. So how can our listeners get in touch with you, get to know you, learn from you, invest with you, hire you for your virtual assistant um, business? Sure. Uh, you can either email me at questions at outsourceyourtasks.com or just go on outsourceyourtasks.com. Uh, check it out there. Um, I'm happy to help. I really, really enjoy um, just hanging out with like-minded people. So if you have any any questions, just reach out to me. Awesome. Anna, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed our chat and getting to know you, and I look forward to keeping up with you on your journey. Sure. Thank you for having me. This episode was brought to you by Crestworth Capital. If you're a busy professional and ready to make passive income from real estate investing, then go to CrestworthCapital.com where you'll be able to download a free copy of our ebook to help you get started today. Until next week, happy investing.